And what's up? Welcome in Monday episode GC Live. Happy to be back. Um, Chris, it's been a while. We've kept the people waiting. I got to say, though, man, to be honest with y'all, with the camp stuff, it's just it's hard to be able to find time to hop on. A lot of the afternoons have been taken up by being out there at the camps and trying to get eyes on guys and trying to do some real on-the-ground reporting. But happy to be back. Perfect day for it, coming off of a big official visit weekend for South Carolina. Plenty to break down, plenty to get to. But first, going to tell you about our buddy Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgages, ClintHammond.com. 803-771-6933. The short of it is if you are in the market for a new home or if you are considering buying a new home and just kind of want to see what your options may be, Clint is your guy. Uh, he's been not only a business partner for quite some time as far as sponsoring us here on the show, but uh, been a good friend of mine for quite some time as well. When um, my wife and I bought our house, Clint was the first person we called and uh, he took great care of us. He can do the same for you. Again, ClintHammond.com. He is with Movement Mortgage, 803-771-6933. Office is right here in Columbia across the street from Dreer High School. Chris, we've been previewing these three big weekends, I feel like, for quite some time now. They are now all three in the books. Uh, three of three was, of course, this past weekend. South Carolina hosting eight committed prospects. I would say eight extremely committed prospects. Doesn't really seem like anybody in that group is even remotely wavering at this point. And then, of course, four major targets for the Gamecocks. Uh, the, the reactions have started to roll in. We've still not heard from Dylan Stewart. Of course, that's one everybody, I'm sure, wants to hear what he has to say. We have gotten a little bit of feedback, though, on how that went as well. Um, overall, though, man, as expected, positive weekend for the Gamecocks. Yeah, really positive weekend. And I think one of the um, questions about this weekend – because we figured it would go well, right? It, South Carolina, very strategically, the staff did set this weekend up um, so that they would have really the overwhelming majority of their class in. Uh, Mason Love, the punter, already took his official visit to South Carolina. Same with Fred Johnson. Those guys took their officials actually right before they committed. Um, they actually led to those guys committing. Michael Smith has also already taken his official visit, but he was actually on campus uh, Wes late last week working out at the seven on seven camp with his high school team. And then actually my understanding was at the cookout event on Saturday night where they had um, these official visitors, the commits and some key underclassmen also hanging out. So they did that by design so that they could get in uh, their committed guys and really their guys that have been the loudest voices in this class to steal a point that you've made a lot, Wes, um, you know, typically you'll see in a recruiting class, there's going to be a guy that is kind of the ringleader. A lot of times it's a quarterback um, just because they, those guys have natural, you know, leadership capabilities. But sometimes it's another guy. I mean, the 2014 class for South Carolina, we saw Bryson Allen Williams really be kind of that, that ringleader as, as a linebacker, uh, defensive end type guy. So it, it can take different forms. The interesting thing about this class for South Carolina is that, you have several of those. You know, you've got Dante Reno. You've got Michael Smith, who I mentioned. You've got Cam Pringle. You got Mazio Bennett at receiver. You got a lot of guys who are really, really invested um, into helping this program recruit. So to get them all in one place and then also have some of these key remaining targets on campus 
was certainly by design by South Carolina staff. And I think it was a good design and also good execution, you know, to be able to pull it off. One of the questions, Wes, was, okay, you know, it'll probably go well, but how well um, will South Carolina land any commitments coming out of the weekend? Will they be able to improve their standing for Paler, for for Jonathan Paler, for Daniel Hill, for Dylan Stewart? Will David Busey commit publicly or not? You know, I think those are some of the questions. And I think we have some answers, and then I think some to be determined, right? Yeah, I think, man, the – the to be determined is kind of like, all right, where do we look back on this weekend in July, uh, you know, or or maybe even August? Uh, I think you you obviously know the way these things work these days, man. If you don't get, you don't always get the commitments coming right out of the weekend, and, and a lot of these guys have set some kind of timetables in their minds. In some cases, those timetables have shifted from time to time. In some cases, like, you know, Jonathan Paler, he has said he wants to do, you know, a hat ceremony. He wants it to be in July. Um, you know, he he literally was sort of um, setting what that plan was going to be yesterday and trying to finalize a date. Right now it looks like that uh, tentatively would be July 28th, but it's still um, – you know, could be any other day that would be around then, just depending on really more logistics than anything. And, um, you know, so I, I think a lot of these guys you kind of knew going in probably weren't going to pull the trigger while on campus, but you just want to put yourself in position to land them when they do. So I think if South Carolina can go four for four this weekend, that's kind of been the big question. Is that possible to go four for four? Then you'd look back on this weekend as being, a uh, a great success if uh you know they land one of the four when we look back on it uh, then you probably say ah it wasn't quite the success they thought it could be so um you know we'll find out moving forward but obviously dylan stewart um is kind of the guy i think that has made his way into um just sort of casual gamecock fan land if that makes sense there's always a guy or two that even if you don't follow recruiting, we see fans start to start to talk about him. And as the number one prospect in the country, according to on three, number seven overall prospect in the country, according to the industry average by on three, you know, that's, that's big time, man. Talking about the elite of the elite South Carolina right there. I think at the very least, Chris, and we talked about this earlier on one seven five at the very least we have gotten, what the picture is right now. And what I mean by that, it's who are the favorites? Who is South Carolina battling? Who do you have to beat to land this prospect? He put out his official top five, but I think in reality, there's two, maybe three teams that you really need to pay attention to with Dylan Stewart, with South Carolina obviously being one of them. Yeah, and South Carolina has been consistently there for Dylan Stewart. Um the others have kind of come and gone. They, they've been there. Um, Ohio State is probably, I think you would agree, Wes, that, that's the other school to probably keep the closest eye on. Um, and, and there are some others. But, you know, it's been interesting to see some of the other ebbs and flows in the Dylan Stewart recruitment. I know earlier we drew the parallel to Nicholas Harbor with, you know, here's South Carolina and then here's another school and another school. And they kind of, oh, what about this school? One, one program picks up some buzz, then it kind of, kind of falls off. 
sometimes a program gains major steam down the stretch and becomes the primary challenger. And we're probably at that stage with Dylan Stewart where you do have that primary primary challenger in Ohio State. There have been others that have picked up some buzz over time that's either quickly fallen off or it's just kind of dissipated over time. I mean, Georgia's had a little buzz at times. Alabama had a little at times. Miami was picking up a little bit. But South Carolina has really been that one consistent school in his recruitment. I think Ohio State is now officially in that territory, even though they really have not been there since the beginning. They're here now. They've arrived as a major contender, but not in the way that South Carolina has. They have not had him on campus as much as South Carolina has. I think the relationships aren't quite as deep. He does have a really good bond with Ohio State's defensive line coach, Larry Johnson, who's been around a long time. But the Gamecocks with Sterling Lucas, they've attracted Dylan Stewart and his family to campus more times than any other program. I think there's a high trust level. And then, Wes, it certainly only served to help this weekend in pursuing him that you were able to have Braden Lee, you know, who knows him from back home, um, Cam Pringle, Mazio Bennett, all these different guys on campus, Dante Reno trying to recruit him to the Gamecocks. I think that only helps. So uh, we'll see where things go from here. Uh, But I think you kind of get the sense that this thing is getting closer and closer to the finish line for Dylan Stewart. And if you're South Carolina, you feel like you're in a good spot with it. Um, But you do have to close this one out. You got to hold off Ohio State and you got to hold off some other challengers as well. Yeah, you do. And um, you you don't quite know where the finish line is, but I think you at least have a vision of where the finish line probably is. And I I think that matters, man. Like uh, the more I've covered recruiting, you and I have been covering it for a long time now, man. The more, the more that finish line. And what I mean by that is when are you going to decide? And, you know, if you're the leader in June for a kid who's going to decide in February, it really maybe doesn't mean all that much. If you're the leader in June for a kid who's going to decide in July, then obviously that could mean everything. And not that it can't twist and turn, but there's a lot less opportunity for things to shift if that happens. So, uh, you know, I, I think, Chris, the finish line at this point, while not locked in, I think it's this summer. That was sort of, I think for a while, that's been the plan. Then for a moment in time, it kind of shifted and there was talk that he was going to actually decide, um, you know, later on, maybe in December, right before or even on the early signing day or in the early signing period. Well, now it seems like that's back to the original plan. Get it done this summer and go from there. So I think that does set up from a timing standpoint pretty well if you're South Carolina to, um, you know, to potentially be able to lock him in. I, I thought it was very interesting. Um, Dante Reno, who, you know, has kind of been at least the front-facing leader of this class in terms of recruiting. As you said, there's been a lot of guys putting putting forth effort on this thing, man. Um, I, got, I actually got a pretty cool story about that with Jonathan Paler. But Dante uh, telling uh, Mike Uva last night or today when they talked about the OV, um, the month of July is going to be huge, uh, saying, quote, it was probably the perfect OV, I'd say. I wouldn't be surprised if we go 100% 
with the kids who weren't committed within the next couple of months. And he's obviously talking about those four guys who were not committed coming into the weekend. Some of this, Chris, is your typical, hey, OV weekend, all smiles, everybody's eating ice cream, everybody's eating steak, everybody's happy, right? But I don't think it's far-fetched either. No, not not at all. You, you can you can visualize that to to go back to your now it's about visualizing like the finish line, the end of the recruiting process for these guys. You can see that it's a realistic goal. It's not a pipe dream. You're not getting a guy, all these guys on campus for the first time ever, and then just saying, "Yeah, yeah, I think I think we'll go out and sign these guys." These are prospects that you've had on campus before. Um, I think Paylor's even – it's not like he's been a regular, regular visitor, but this was what, probably his third visit, Wes. He hasn't been to South Carolina in a while, uh, but he's been on campus before. Dylan Stewart's been on campus more than any of those other uncommitted guys. Daniel Hill's been on campus a few times. Uh, Busey's been on campus, you know, a few times as well. He was just there working out. So, um, you know, it's, it's not a pipe dream. It, it's a realistic thing that you can kind of visualize. and. To back up, Dante, I mean, there's some very positive feedback coming out from the weekend, whether you go off the public comments of three of the four guys that we've caught up with now, or if you just talk to some other people who have some more intimate knowledge of of what happened this weekend and kind of what was being said behind the scenes. It all sounds very promising. And certainly, Wes, if we get to July or the end of July or right at the beginning of the football season, preseason camp, and all four of those guys are committed, then that will answer the question that you posed right at the beginning of the show here is can they close out and land all those guys? It would be a great weekend in Gamecock country to reflect on and and see what you accomplished there on the recruiting front. Yeah, no doubt. And um, the, if you look back on that weekend and you say, hey, all 12 of those guys signed with South Carolina, you know, that would be holding on to the eight uncommit or mm-hmm. the eight committed and landing the four um committed guys then you're uh you're gonna say actually probably one of the better weekends <laughs> in south carolina football recruiting history i think so we'll, we'll see if that turns out and it was kind of interesting how it played out as far as the three major weekends chris i felt like the first couple weekends there were some guys in there that maybe we didn't have as much of a feel for because they were a little bit new on south carolina's recruiting board and you know, maybe a long shot here or a long shot there among those groups. You know, you look into this past weekend, and these are three of the four guys were guys that South Carolina fans are very, very familiar with because they've been hearing them talked about, hearing us write about, or seeing us write about them, hearing us talk about them for months, if not years. And one of those guys I, I think that Carolina fans have been very intrigued by and then it's sort of taken to another level when he named South Carolina his leader uh, a couple months ago is, of course, Daniel Hill. And we know South Carolina wants at least two backs in this class. We know now that Matthew Fuller is uh, locked in as one of them. Carolina would love for Daniel Hill to be the other. And I, I, I actually still, you know, Chris, you and I, we sort of get the same info for the most part. Most of the time we feel the same way. I, I actually kind of felt like South Carolina was still in a good spot even entering the OV weekend, even with all the Alabama sort uh-huh. of buzz that was out there. 
not that you can ever just discount Alabama, but sort of looking into it, I, I think I think this weekend went perfectly for South Carolina with Hill. And really it's just about can can he turn down that that Alabama heat? You know, not that he's from the state of Alabama, but for for any kid, for any running back, that can be difficult to say no to, I think. But I I really feel like South Carolina is is where Daniel Hill wants to be. And I, I think we can pretty confidently say that. Yeah, that that is kind of the question. Can can you hold off Bama? It's you know, geographically it's still close, you know, from his Meridian, Mississippi home to Tuscaloosa is close. Uh, Robert Gillespie is a former Gamecock assistant, actually under Steve Spurrier, uh, does a really good job for Bama. Their, their history and their running back history speaks for itself. Nick Saban, it, it is a tough thing to turn down, right? And Bama has uh, made its run as anticipated. That will probably continue as Daniel Hill's decision gets closer and closer, which one could come in July. Um, that may be even more so. It, it's going to probably continue to get hotter in the in the kitchen, so to speak, for South Carolina. But I, I think this past weekend, on the official visit, you've done everything you possibly can. I mean, you have shot your shot. You have um, you have shown Daniel Hill everything you can. You, you've emptied the chamber here. And um, the visit couldn't have gone much better. I don't think this is a situation where you know, there's question marks for Daniel Hill. I totally agree with what you said, where when he looks at the environment, the opportunity for playing time, the relationship with coaches, this is kind of in his in his heart where he wants to be. But that said, that doesn't always mean a guy picks that place. So they do have to hold him off. We'll see, you know, how it goes over these next, I don't know however long it is, West few days, a few weeks maybe even. Uh, but South Carolina did as well as it possibly could this weekend, and, and the ball is really in in Daniel Hill's court now. Watching the film here a little bit for those on the video version, um, this is a dynamic kid, man. He can do a little bit of everything. Obviously, South Carolina loves him as a running back and what he can bring to that position. But I, I think if if South Carolina is able to land him, you know, this is a guy at the running back position that you're going to be able to use quite a bit in the passing game. You look at him in seven on seven, he's making plays down the field at, at receiver, um, smacking people at, at linebacker on the defensive side. Um, just, to, I mean, to steal your phrase, a lot to like about this guy, but I, I just like, I like how dynamic he is as a player, how versatile he is. And um, I, I think he's a dynamic uh like person and personality too. Like he just has a really um, kind of great spirit about him, a great vibe about him. I think he'd be a fantastic fit for South Carolina, both on and off the field. And probably as a guy, you stick out there and helps you on special teams too. Yeah. He's exactly what you want. A lot of versatility, big kid, you know, Wes, I mean, this dude is a big kid, but he's very athletic and can bend. You know, and we were talking to Cam Pringle yesterday, and he was talking about Daniel Hill and, and what he would mean to the class. And Cam even brought up, you know, we were, hey, we were at Beamer's house playing basketball, and he was just bringing up how Daniel Hill just casually, you know, bounces a basketball up and windmill dunks it at his size. Just a super impressive athlete. And he could play so many different spots in college. I think, Wes, if he wanted, he could 
you know, he could play wildcat quarterback and he could play running back. He could go play receiver. He could play linebacker, probably go rush the passer some if you wanted him to. Just so many different things he can do. But um, South Carolina has been really consistent on the running back angle. When you look at his size, the way he can move and bend, I think he really, really fits well there. And and I'll co-sign just a, a really good kid, really great personality fit. When you look at what Beamer wants in his program, I think I think this kid fits. So it's exactly why he's been such a priority. And this is someone that Wes, there's a lot of buzz on, you know, internally in, in Gamecock football country inside that building. There's a feel that if if you land Daniel Hill, he's a guy that's going to be playing a good bit for you early in 2024. Yeah, and I think probably going to be potentially playing professionally one day too, man, looking at this guy and and probably, hey man, add him to the add him to the recruiting roster, right? Like I think this is a guy who um get him around some uncommitted guys, probably going to be doing his part along with those other players to try and get other guys to join them in Columbia. And um you know, I mentioned this earlier, man. I feel like Dante has, you know, Dante has kind of been the, the ringleader and the public leader as the quarterback. We've detailed how Cam Pringle has been probably just as involved. But switching gears to another kid who just seems to be a phenomenal human being in, in Jonathan Paler, um, very interesting. We asked Paler, who, who in your opinion is the best recruiter among the South Carolina commitment group and um chris he says mazio bennett so, i can see it yeah you know obviously mazio um and paler uh-huh. kind of have the whole uh wide receiver thing going i don't know maybe they speak the same language a little bit as far as that is concerned but he said <laughs> paler basically said man you sit down with mazio for five minutes and he'll be having you ready to commit right off the bat paler another kid just a great dude very thoughtful in his answers. Actually really enjoyed just talking to him um, just because of what type of human being he is, man. But uh, Gamecocks in, I think, pretty good shape there with him as well as uh, we sort of roll into this what looks to be a late July uh, decision for Jonathan Paler, speedster out of North Carolina. Yeah, Charles Power on threes, director of scouting and rankings, I believe used the lightning in a bottle phrase for Jonathan Paler, which is always a, a good thing. And, um, you know, we've, we've had some people try to get us to come up with the, com- the, uh, dreaded comparison for Jonathan Paler, Wes. And, um, you know, some you people, it, no, I don't, I don't, uh, some people say, was, well, is, is he a Sanders? Uh, no, I, I don't think so because he's, he's too, he's, he's a thick, bulky. big built kid, bulky kid, not super tall. Um, and has that slot, like punt returner type skill set, right? But uh, really electric player, really interesting player. And um, South Carolina, you know, again, Jonathan Paler's not been on campus a lot. This isn't someone who's been on campus, you know, 10 times. It's not like he's been a fixture on campus. In fact, hasn't visited Columbia in a little while. It's, it's been, I think, a few months at least, Wes. Um, but I think this visit was a really, really good refresher and I think kind of like Daniel Hill, kind of like Dylan Stewart, South Carolina still came into this visit in a good spot, which is in some ways a little bit remarkable. This is a North Carolina kid who's been recruited by UNC, who's been heavily, heavily recruited by NC State where he visited the last weekend. 
But despite that, Wes, it kind of seems like NC State's never been able to really overtake South Carolina. Even after the NC State visit last week, you still kind of got the feel that ah, South Carolina is still in a good spot. Now you get him in on an official visit, and it kind of reintroduces him to the program because he hasn't been on campus in a while. It kind of reinforces all the things that he's liked about South Carolina. Maybe it's an SEC thing, Wes. Maybe the, the SEC really intrigues him. But he's always just kind of really liked what Shane Beamer's program is all about. And um, this is someone that I think you, you feel really good exiting this weekend as far as where South Carolina stands. Hey, man, you were talking about just his uh, – the, the kind of lightning in the bottle phrase. I don't really feel like South Carolina has had a ton of guys like that that you can sort of – stick that phrase to certainly recently, you know, I, I think you look back, um, you know, I, I kind of have even forgotten about this thought, but I, I just remember thinking when, when Beamer arrived, they have got to increase the team speed, like just the overall team speed of this bunch. And, you know, obviously you look at a guy like Harbor, um, you know, you look at some of the other guys they've added, but then you add Paler in there as well, who is also another verified track guy. Um, you know, DJ Braswell is kind of a thicker kid at, at running back, but also brings you some track speed. Adding guys like this, I, I think, is important for Carolina just overall. You know, I think we've talked about maybe trying to get a little faster at the linebacker position as well. Like, I, I just – I think overall that's something Carolina has needed to do. I don't think you'd say they've quite arrived yet at that, but I, I think there are some really positive signs that – they could be trending up and just that kind of overall average team speed category. Yeah. And, and even um, if you just look at the receiver class that could potentially be coming together, it's a class that could be full of, of a few different skill sets, you know, so Mazio Bennett's committed. Mazio is, is one of the more interesting receiver prospects you'll see, because when you look at him, he, he doesn't just scream, Elite receiver is is right in front of you. You know, just physically, he's not the most impressive looking guy you'll ever see, but he's an elite route runner. He's just extremely savvy and smart, and he's just a football player. Um, then you look at a couple other guys that they're recruiting. Paler's one. So this is a smaller, stockier, faster, good in space type receiver who can, you know, give you some top-end speed and some special – even some potential special teams returner ability. And then if you can add a Keelan Adams too, Wes, in July, he's a guy who's a little taller, longer, um, kind of a deep threat type of guy, long speed. So it would, it would be a really interesting class, and I think that's important because, you know, you don't want to take a class full of – five, nine guys. You don't want to take a class four of full of six, four guys that are kind of limited in their range. You want to have a mix because frankly, that's going to present defenses more problems when you have guys of, of different skill sets that can do different things for you. So um, I think if they hit the ceiling of this receiver class, or maybe not the ceiling, but just bring in that class that I just described, that would be, I think a really, really quality class at receiver. Yeah, Clint uh, bringing up kind of, I guess you would say, the other top wide receiver South Carolina has been chasing in uh, Parker Livingstone. I uh, I actually agree with, um, let's see, who said it? Um, 
BRC Gamecock, uh, the in-state pool will probably be too much for Livingston. I, I think, you know, you, you can almost just see the writing on the wall there. I think Texas has felt really good for a while there. They've actually really pushed for him. You know, this was maybe one of those things where if Texas, maybe if they slow played him, South Carolina could sneak in there and try to steal him. But it uh, doesn't appear like they have slow played him at all. So uh, he had a great visit out here. Don't get me wrong. Like there was a little bit of quiet sort of um, quiet confidence right after the OV that maybe Carolina had done enough to, to make him heavily consider. But uh, I think uh, Texas for a Texas kid, Chris, you you saw the OV pictures with the the cowboy hat. Yeah, <laughs> the cowboy hat on. Yeah, yeah. You see that picture and you're like, all right, I, I get it. You know, you just yeah. you just go ahead and put in your prediction. He he rolled up there looking like McConaughey with the <laughs> uh, with the the orange cowboy shirt, the cowboy hat. It's just too perfect. That that's one of those where if you're South Carolina staff, like you're just okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we we get it, Parker. No problem. Um, you know, but it, it's it's Texas is home. Um, they're, they're coming into the SEC, you know, so I think you shoot your best shot there if you're South Carolina and kind of see where the chips fall and probably not going to fall your way. And and it's understandable in this instance. Yeah. Parker could one day, it's as weird as it is to say, he could one day play in williams Bryce stadium because, um, Texas will, I guess you would think at some point in his window of being there play, um, a game at, at Williams Price Stadium. So right. that's just weird. It like breaks my brain <laughs> to even to even think about. Yep. I don't know. Still has not locked in for me. Um let's talk a little David Busey. But first, Chris, I'm gonna tell our friends about my perfect franchise and um Andy Ludicky. Uh if you were looking for uh, just a new opportunity in life. Maybe you want to sort of get out of the corporate rat race. Maybe you want to own your own business. Uh, maybe you just want to know what options you have out there. Um, Andy, who is a sponsor on Gamecock Central and on GC Live, um, can help you with that. He basically takes franchises out there and helps match them with franchisees. And um, so Andy, who can be found at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or by calling him Personal number here, 404-973-9901. He's been doing this for uh, many, many years now. He owns some franchises of his own, and uh, there is no charge to you. So basically, it's a free phone call. If you want to own your own business, if you just uh, are tired of having to answer to the man, so to speak, then uh, hit up Andy, and uh, he can help you sort of see what options you might have out there. Again, that's myperfectfranchise.net. You can just give them a call, shoot them a text, 404-973-9901. And for those who do read Gamecock Central, hopefully, I mean, Chris, hopefully that's like everybody on here. Oh, yeah. uh, you, you've seen Andy's ad on our um, recruiting rundown that is now a weekly feature that gets everybody caught up on what they may have missed the week before. But, uh, Busey, when do you think um, this guy will make his decision, Chris? It seems like he he didn't quite want to tell us, but he said stand by, which certainly makes you think it could be soon. He's made he, – he didn't really hide it going into the OV that South Carolina's in the best spot. Seems pretty apparent right here that he's going to be a Gamecock. 
just a manner of logistically, I think, when and, and kind of how he wants to do it. Yeah, stand standby is the best uh, the best description of it, right from the horse's mouth. So, I don't know, Wes. I can't see this thing dragging out too long. Can you probably end uh, of July or I'm sorry, end of June? It's sometime into July. I can't see this thing going too much longer. I think South Carolina was the offer that Busey wanted to get, and um, has seen everything that you need. You know, you listen to him talk about the offer, the visit. You talk to some other people familiar with that recruitment. Everything is set up just perfectly for South Carolina to be able to add him to the class. And th- this guy has kind of become a little bit of a of a film room legend, Wes. The, the Gamecock fans who like to go and watch recruiting film, they're texting. They're, they're talking about it in the chat here on the show about Busey's film. This guy um, hits people at the high school level pretty hard. And I think he's someone who's really going to, um, once he jumps in officially, which again is completely anticipated at some point here, a guy that I think is going to be a really valuable special teams player and just a good all around football player, whether he stays at safety or even maybe grows into a linebacker at the next level. So good first, uh, let, let's, let's do what everybody else is doing. Let's <laughs> pop on the film, Chris. Um, do it. Good first. Uh, they say to put your best highlight first. His first one is him, like, knocking somebody's mouthpiece out. And um, plays a little bit of everything, man. I, I was interesting to me. You know, this is obviously junior film we're watching here. Watching him at 7-on-7, seven seven, I guess that would have been Thursday. He uh, played some wide receiver, played quite a bit of wide receiver from the looks of this in high school as well. Listed as a linebacker on all the profiles out there, including on three, being recruited to South Carolina as a safety. The games I watched of him in 707, he was kind of up near the line of scrimmage, but he was playing more of like a Sam or like a nickel, basically. So I do think, and obviously I haven't gone through his entire career or anything, but he does have history playing in space and – you know, playing wide receiver, there, there's going to be some ball skills here as well that you would think would translate. I mean, here he's playing like true linebacker. Um, but there's, a, you know, th- there's going to be a translation there into playing in space, I think, and, and going and getting the football. Yeah, the, there is. But this guy just, you know, it, th- there's a lot of football cliches that you can use with Busey <laughs> that are all, like, accurate. I mean, he's just – He's just physical. He's got the high football IQ, all those things. And and just a versi- really versatile high school player because he can line up and play a def- bunch of different spots for you. I do like him as a safety. I- I'm intrigued to see if he can maybe grow into a linebacker at the next level. Um, that's possible. Body type-wise, you know, maybe he stays as a safety. But this is someone that I think is just going to – Check a lot of different boxes for you, Wes, and I think will be, you know, we know that South Carolina, how much it's not just lip service, they really do value special teams. And I think this is a guy that Pete Limbo is probably really ready to be able to have a chance to work with. And Wes, there's also a, a side benefit to this. You know, other guys on this team, we're, we're seeing some of them in the highlights right here, actually, as we watch Elijah Griffin on defense, who's a five-star defensive tackle, and then Logan Brooking, the 2025 tied in on offense. South Carolina wants both of those players a lot. And, um, you know, th- this might can give you, 
we don't know what percentage of an assist, but maybe a little bit of one. Um, never a bad thing here if you can get a good player and also help yourself with a couple other priority targets. Nathan weighing in uh, saying uh, Busey's nickname should be Crunch. What, what do we think? I, I actually kind of like that. That's uh, Crunch Busey. Yeah, David Crunch Busey. <laughs> we'll, we'll run it by David and see what he thinks. Yeah, has a, has a nice ring to it, man. They got him lining up at tight end on some of these. That's just not fair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trying to make these linebackers cover this kid in space. Um, hey, he, dude, he's actually a heck of a high school wide receiver, too. I mean, yes. I, uh, I don't think that's in the plans by any means, but uh, he, he gets open and goes and gets the football. Hey, how – here he is playing some more nickel kind of in space. How smart – is South Carolina going to look if they can build the uh, pipeline from Savannah <laughs> to Columbia? Whew, because, they, yeah. You know, we, uh, we saw back-to-back Savannah Christian and we saw uh, Calvary Day at South Carolina this past week. And there, there's talent on within both of these programs – and I would say, like, like not, not guys that you say are borderline talents. Like, there's potential starting SEC talent among those two programs. And, um, you know, we've talked about it. That's an area that's pretty easy trip to Columbia. But if the Gamecocks can sort of start to build that pipeline, that really could go a long way for them. Well, and when you're building a program um... – you can sometimes see programs that maybe aren't like geographic no-brainers. So like a Georgia, for instance, it's like, aha, I wonder where Georgia is going to start recruiting, you know, obviously in Georgia, but they can then become a national brand, which is what we've seen historically with Georgia. But even like Tennessee, Wes, I mean, when Tennessee was rolling under Philip Fulmer back in the day, you know, they're recruiting California a lot um, and recruiting nationally. So for South Carolina, Yes, you want to land the best prospects in your own state every year, but you're not going to have 20 of those. You're, probably, you're not going to have 15 of those. So where can you carve out a niche where you can say, well, we need to go sign guys out of Atlanta. That, that's, that can be tough. You know, um, we know South Carolina has some work to do in, in getting some more guys out of North Carolina, which they may get paler and kind of break a little bit of a drought there. But for South Carolina, it's been the DMV. That's been huge for them. It's very smart. Well, Savannah could be smart, too, because even with the University of Georgia, South Carolina is closer to Savannah than Athens is. Now, you're still going to battle. If Georgia wants to get out of Savannah, it's still going to be very difficult. That's the case with Elijah Griffin. But maybe you can carve out a little niche in Savannah. We saw, you know, they got a great shot here to Lambusi at Calvary Day right down the road from this uh, from Savannah Christian. They got Michael Smith committed. And, Wes, he was very impressive in camp, too, when we saw him. They've offered from Calvary Day, what, four, five kids, I think, from there. They've got Michael Smith offered. They offered Buddy Mathis, the defensive tackle from 2025. Um, they've offered Dupa Coleman, the running back, and they've offered uh, Thomas Blackshear, who, by the way, at receiver, we saw him in camp, very impressive. Blackshear just got offered by Bama and Georgia. So there's a ton of talent in Savannah. So if you can go pluck a few guys out of there, it definitely looks smart. Yeah, for sure. And, um, 
we're looking at Michael Smith now, but um, dude, the the Blackshear kid, like I, I feel like his ranking has not quite caught up to to who he is as a prospect, but probably going to be a national level guy. Um, probably in the very, very near future. South Carolina, obviously, would, would love to make a move with him. But as you said, Georgia, Alabama, now involved. Probably one of those guys every camp he goes to, every campus he goes to, um, going to quickly get an offer. And, you know, we'll see where that goes if South Carolina can become a factor there. But a lot of these kids, you know, you look at Blackshear potentially, you look at Elijah Griffin already. I mean, Griffin could probably go anywhere in the country he wants at, at this point. I mean – his you want to talk about some film? His film is off the charts good. Yeah. yeah, and so we'll see if South Carolina can stay in there. Griffin did not make it to the cookout. Just um, you know that that was another potential chance for South Carolina to get him on campus. He did make it to campus. I guess that was um, a few weeks ago now, a month ago actually. Everything's run together. That was about a month ago. He made it in. So he did get in then to meet Travion Robertson, but did not make it in for the cookout on Saturday. So just uh, something to keep an eye on there. Carolina fighting it out with some big boys in, in that battle. But Savannah loaded right now. So we'll see what Carolina can do with those guys. Michael Smith firmly committed. See him on film here, man. We got a chance to see him. Just a physically imposing kid. Very athletic. Can go get the football takes pride in being a blocker as well. And I, I think another guy, you look at kind of the tight ends Carolina has right now, a bunch of upperclassmen, maybe sets up pretty well for him to come in and, and play somewhat early in his career. Yeah, there, there are going to be a lot of boxes checked as soon as he walks on campus. You know, the, the size is there. Um, the physical ability is certainly there. Um Wes, we saw him in camp, watched a couple or a few of his games the other day, and, um, you know, he, he's a big guy that can run, has more than ample athleticism, uh, had the game-winning catch for his team. They basically had one play where they had to make something happen, and they drew up a play for Smith, and he got it in the back of the end zone, you know, came down with it. So, um, you know, I think just being very consistent is going to be key for him. But he just he just checks so many boxes at the tight end position and hasn't has the opportunity to be a difference making type of guy at that position at in college. Yeah, the, hey Chris, don't call him just a receiver because I, I know I realize it. He has made it very clear <laughs> he is a tight end all the way, which I, I respect, man. Some of these tight ends they just want to be wide receivers. They just want to catch the football. Michael Smith. Yeah. literally told me at Under Armour camp, he was like, hey, man, I'm a tight end, too. Like, I, I will block people. So yeah. uh, that's a good mindset to it have. It is. It is. All right. I think that's it for the day, man. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, maybe maybe we could show up more than once every couple weeks now that camp's over. Yeah, may, maybe even pop on here again later this week. And yeah. um, I don't even know if we – did we talk about this, the schedule? The 2024 schedule? I don't think we did. I don't even um, think we about schedule. Dude, actually, you know what we need to talk about real quick before we go? Matthew Fuller commitment. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to keep up with what we have not discussed. Yeah. So, Fuller went public on Saturday. Saturday Friday. Friday. Right? 
Friday. I honestly don't know. Sure. Yeah, he went public on uh, on Friday. What are your quick thoughts here? Yeah, Matt, Matt Fuller, look, he has not drawn as much attention as some of the other guys, and I think primarily, Wes, that's because of the ranking. Um, I think he had not made it. <laughs> I like how you put it earlier where, you know, he, he some guys have not gone mainstream. Matt Fuller is definitely not one of those guys. There are a few backs that are more mainstream. Daniel Hill is one of them. You know, most people know about Braylon Russell, probably a little bit of a longer shot for the Gamecocks. And then a lot of – I mean, we're still feel, fielding questions about Anthony Carey out of Florida who committed to Michigan State because he's a four-star guy. But the Gamecock staff prioritized Matt Fuller, and um, he's someone that, again, does not have a huge offer list. He does not have four stars by his name. But he has good film. Uh, plays for Jaybo Shaw, who is the brother of Connor Shaw at Wayne County in Georgia. And he put up – we were looking over the stats the other day, Wes. He put up some great stats during his junior season. What did he have, like, I don't know, 1,600, 1,700 yards, something like that. So had a, had a really, really good season. I think he had 10 games where he went over 100 yards. So Matt Fuller was a really nice pickup and obviously a position of need. And, and of course, you want to add another, you know, a big-time guy like a Daniel Hill – that's a priority. You've, you've got to land a guy like that. But Matt Fuller, I think, more quietly was a really good pickup for them. Yeah, and I mean, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to get his film. This was actually part of the problem when I when I first um, tried to watch Matt. The profile that I was going to of his didn't have his updated film, but his film is out there. This is it right now. Um, even You look at his Twitter, it's like Matty – four eight seven one three six one eight like he he's just you know some of these guys these days man are all about the social media branding yeah like they are all about it um fuller i get the feeling is just um cool with going and playing some football like i, yeah. I don't think he's all about all this other stuff and uh you know one one person one source kind of put it to me like this like south, south carolina kind of um they, they've been aware of him for a while and mm-hmm. um you know, so they they knew they thought they kind of knew what they had in him, and have been really. I think this was since back in the fall that they really liked what they saw in him, and they they kind of um, you know, were completely okay, just uh, being under the radar. I think a little bit while recruiting him, and then they wanted to see him in the spring, kind of get a, a feel for what he looked like in person. You know, how much did he grow, all that stuff, and and just like what they saw, it it actually. Reminds me a little bit of how Braswell's recruiting played out. Now, DJ actually, you know, ended up being – he was a four-star guy. But as far as South Carolina and seeing him in person, wanting to see him in the spring and sort of see what he was all about, you know, it, it kind of played out that same way. So, um, yeah, they get him locked in. Physical kid. You can see him here if you're on the video version. Just uh, does a lot of things well and uh, had a – extremely productive like you said junior season how how about the uh the led lights at his high school man they yeah, that's uh, high tech they get down when they score touchdowns <laughs> yeah sure do that is that's high tech stuff shout out to the boosters at, at wayne county um they're doing some things over there but yeah i mean that was there, there's a little bit of precedent i mean it wasn't that long ago that south carolina signed a running back out of georgia that's a now who is this guy again type of thing and Kevin Harris and uh 
he turned out pretty good. You know, not that those guys are the same player, but there there is precedent when you take a guy that's got if you just look at hey, good film, production, and some traits that can maybe translate to the next level, at some point you trust your eyes, you know, and and, and say, okay, maybe he doesn't have thirty power five offers that are big ten SEC ACC, but a, a guy that's a football player. So Matt Matt Fuller to me looks like a good pickup. And a, a great guy to pair uh, potentially with uh, Daniel Hill, which I, I think right now is, um, you know, most likely scenario. We'll see if they can, again, get to the finish line there. But I, I think Carolina would love for that to be the case. Um, all right, y'all. That's going to do it. Appreciate y'all, as always. Uh, enjoyed it. We'll hop back on here soon. Great numbers on here. So appreciate y'all still tuning in, even though we're not as consistent as we uh, – have been in the past. So for Chris, I'm Wes. Talk to y'all soon.